the AFL team name Rumble. Today's matchup, we have the Raiders against the Sungyong Dragons. Enjoy. He has a loving wife, a dad body, the three kneecaps, and he has a bird. Welcome to the podcast, He Has a Bird, with Sean Shelton. Hello, Servus Grissai. Welcome back to the podcast, He Has a Bird. I am your host, Sean Shelton. I am here with James Shelton, my father, the leading expert on AFL mascot useless information, James, Jim, Pops, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, it's it's good to be known that I'm the expert of something. The leading expert. The leading expert. The, yeah, the leading the, expert. The, you're one of one. one yeah, okay. Of one. Uh, that means we are back for the semifinals, uh, the second fin- semifinals matchup of the AFL team named Rumble, the Dragons versus the Raiders. If we recall the quarterfinals, the Dragons had their way with the Blue Devils, um, in which the Blue Devils was an Alpine military fighting unit, uh, infantry unit, um, but their automatic weapons and their strategy, much like the Steel Sharks being a fish out of water, they were on flat land. They're an Alpine expert. It was a tough scenario for them. So they uh, didn't stand much of a chance. The, the Dragons posed to be very, very strong competitors, being four-legged, reptilian, armored, scaled, fire-breathing um, your stereotypical dragons, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty formidable opponents in this type of contest, Father. Yeah, the dragons um, were, you know, the the pregame favorite uh, by yeah. far, and they did. They, they were did the disappoint. they were the final favorites going into it, and they did not disappoint in the quarterfinals. No, they didn't. They didn't. At the beginning of this tournament, they they were the favorite. Uh, Blue Devils were kind of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. You know, what were they? Um, and I think uh, them becoming the uh, French elite, you know, mountain, uh, you know, elite forces gave mm-hmm. them a fighting chance. But at the end of the day, no, it really didn't matter. That's right. And the Raiders got here by beating the Panthers in their quarterfinal matchup. Um, the, the Raiders used their ability of weaponry and distance to be able to uh, – Take out a few Panthers before hand-to-hand combat got in, which the Raiders are also skilled in. So it was not a de- decisive victory, kind of like the Dragons was, but it was a good victory, and they're, they are ready to try to compete in the semifinals, I can imagine. Yeah, I think that uh, the, uh, the Panthers were a good tune-up match for the, for the Raiders, and I think the Raiders' uh, uh, ability uh, to just be – uh, very aggressive, very offensive minded, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, really, you know, came into play that, uh, that's, that's really what the, what the, the, um, the Raiders do. And I think that, that, that offensive minded ability, uh, really came into play when you, you had men with swords hacking up, uh, big cats. Mm-hmm. And, and a quick re- recap of what the Raiders were, the dragon's pretty, uh, obvious. The Raider had, the Raiders had a musket front-loading style rifle. Yeah. They also had like one a, shot, like a one shot. Right. One also shot. had it. Also had a hand cannon of similar function. Yeah, like they called pistol. it a blunderbuss, but yeah, it yeah. was a flintlock, you know, one shot yeah. type pistol too. 
and then they had cutlasses and they're very skilled swordsmen. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, and to catch everybody up, if this is your first time watching AFL team name rumble video, you're probably very, very confused. And, uh, so basically we took the team names of all the AFL teams and made a competition out of it. Why I have my father here is because every game that I've had as a Raider. So I think around 90 or so, I, he has sent me a motivational message based on the team name or the city of which the team we were playing. And in that five years of research, he also has compiled a bunch of useless, useless information besides when I need it for the AFL team name Rumble. And an example of that, I won't go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I, I don't think that, uh, uh, I think you know, we, we don't really discuss it, but there, there's probably some correlation between my motivational messages and the success you've had in Europe. No, there's, there's a co- direct correlation. There's a direct positive correlation. That's for sure. So here's an example of a message that my father would send me before a game. This is a message for the dragons. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, this will make no sense. I think this was a collaboration with my oldest brother, Patrick, as well, who you guys have seen on Captain to Captain videos. Yeah, Patrick has, uh, has jumped in a few times where, to keep the, uh, uh, the streak going where I wasn't in a position to do it or just because he thought he could do better. <laughs> so in the history of Game of Thrones, entire dynasties and civilizations have risen and fallen on the backs of dragons. Their mysterious and august powers have lifted some families to prominence and reduced others to smoldering, smoldering ash. Giants have a long and complex history. Or giants. Dragons. It's been a long day, guys. Dragons have a long and complex history that <laughs> exists far beyond the reaches of what man understands. With recent dragon sightings along, with, <laughs> along the Danube, for the first time this season, these mis- mythical beasts intend to make an indelible mark is that a real word, indelible? Yeah, Mark, so. on the, on the Sparka Raiders and the AFL. Throughout their known history, dragons have been proven to be intelligent and aggressive. Some say dragons cannot be tamed, but I beg to differ. Dragons can be tamed by American Raiders with football in their blood. Dragons will take commands from their master riding on their back. I don't like where this one's going. The question. This is Patrick's. Yeah, this is definitely Patrick. Question. Pat. The question for you, Sean, is: Are you ready to make your claim to the throne of the greatest team in Europe? Are you prepared to be the father of dragons, Seanerius Shelton, first of his name, ruler of the AFL, Lord of Innsbruck? Remind those dragons who their daddy is. Now, I don't condone this message, but it is an example of the type of research that my father. That that is true, but that was not actually my message. That was Patrick's. That's very true. But these are yeah. this. But it's these, similar. Yeah, it's similar. Exactly. Yeah. These are every, every single one has a theme and research done behind it. So my father is very, very, very well equipped to be able to uh, facilitate these hypothetical battles. And saying that, what these battles are 11 on 11 and 120 yard arena, boxed in walls uh, against the dragons, we dome it. They are able to fly if they have enough room, but not super duper high. 30 meters, I believe, was the ceiling. So dragons play in dome where everybody else plays outside. Um, and then we basically blow the whistle, and they have a hypothetical battle led by research done by both of us. So moving into this semifinal battle, Father, you have done a lot of research in your two weeks from the quarterfinals. What I think the heavy, 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 heavy favorites in this matchup is the dragons, but you have done some research uh, what can you tell us about um, 
historical ways to maybe combat dragons? Yeah, I looked at that the Raiders coaching staff had an extra week to prepare for this game, much like the Vikings coaching staff against the Giants. Uh, and you know they were going to leave no stone unturned to determine ways to help their team be successful. So with that being said, um, I did, like you said, a lot of research, uh, many sleepless nights you know, coming up with, with this um, list. But I found um, really... 10 ways, uh, you know, historically, mythology, slay a dragon. And uh, the the key is uh, you've got to outwit them. You've got to be clever. You've got to outsmart them. Because uh, unlike the giants, the giants, you know, were not known for their intelligence. The dragons are known to be wise. So it makes it even a greater challenge to try to outsmart uh, a dragon. So I, I came up with, like I said, with my research, 10, 10 different things, tactics that the uh, Raiders and, and their coaching staff could use. Um, you know, number one was shiny, shiny things. Um, and, and that kind of came from stories of, 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 a, of a knight that was very vain and he, would, he got the shiniest armor he could find. But what ended up happening when he went out to do battle, the sun, you know, the light would shine off that shiny metal, disorient the dragon enough where he had a chance to, to uh, slay the dragon. So uh, when thinking about the Raiders and thinking about shiny things, I thought, why not send the whole 11 team out there with all their Austrian bowl medals and throw in CFL medals, throw in all the medals. So, you know, you throw 11 out there. I mean, I mean how many medals could they have? A bunch, right? So they got shiny things. That's that's a that's an easy one. So they got shiny things, the Austrian Bowls, CEFL. I don't know. You guys, I've lost track of how many championships you guys have won. I, even I'm not biased. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm completely unbiasedly agreeing with your uh, okay with your suggestion. Okay, so they have medals. The other thing I thought is that, especially with you know with the Swerko Raiders, right? Um, the other thing was you you can poison. Once again, you're tricking them. You can poison dragons. And in the Old Testament, uh, Daniel, you know, a prophet for, for the Lord, actually uh, made a cake with poison in it and gave it to like a Babylonian dragon and the dragon ate it and vanquished. So I was thinking that, you know, with um, cooking with heart and, mm-hmm. and with Lisa, your wife, she could whip up probably uh, you know some nice poison cakes. No, that you know that 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 before you know, right before that the game was you know that the the Raiders kind of just really um, you know very stealth put these poison cakes out say on the fifty yard line, you know in between in between them and the and the dragons. No, I think you're right. I think Kochmetz Lisa would be able to uh, do that, and I would say no. But in comparison to the Vikings, the Vikings got soybeans and beer. So um, I will allow this one. They get, yeah, they get and I'm not saying that, that, that Lisa's cakes are deadly. But I'm no. saying that, you know, that they, they would look, they would look um, you know, so good that I don't think the dragons could pass them up, right? They're, they're, they look so delicious. And then, of course, she puts a little rat poison or something in it in the, in the middle. Good save. She could, she could do that. Yeah. 
So, okay, Check, so you had that. Shout out Kochmet Hetz Lisa at IG. Right, right. And IG. then um, I looked at an Austrian tale mm-hmm. of the Lindbergh from Klag- Klagenberg. Okay. And, you know, in that particular case, they, and they, once again, you know, clever, they enticed the dragon by putting a bowl outside of its lair uh, covered in barbed wire and hooks and things. And when the dragon came out, it got all tied up, you know, to eat the bowl, got tied up that. So I don't know. That's a commission call. You know, are you no, going to allow I think, the, I think that's a little too the far. Raiders I, to stick a bowl out there in the middle of the field? No, I think that's a little too far. I think the, the, the cakes are, are uh, more acceptable than booby trapping a bull on the middle of the yeah you could have some like animal rights people that would protest this podcast too yeah if you went that way yeah i think that i think uh yeah with the thousands and thousands of thousands of viewers i think that wouldn't be uh tasteful to peter would catch wind of it and i would probably have some legal repercussions so okay we don't want to go there yeah no Um, poisoning a dragon is much better yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, well, the dragons really standpoint. technically don't exist, so um, but bulls do. Bulls do. Uh, number four, I thought was, and this was like we, you know, like we talked about, you know, giants being all throughout the world. So are dragons. Mm-hmm. But a common theme, you know, I don't, and it doesn't really matter what part of the world you're in. This is is offering a dragon a sacrifice so they don't destroy your town or don't destroy your crops. Okay. And generally, that sacrifice is either a princess. Okay. Or in um, her as a sacrifice. But in some cases, there were brave, very brave warrior type young women that uh, offered themselves up, you know, but, but as, as really to trick the, the dragon, because the dragon thought, okay, this is just my sacrifice. But in, in fact, they had a hidden dagger and were able to kill the dragon because the dragon was off guard. He thought, okay, here's my sacrifice. But really what he had was a female, a female young, young warrior. So I thought, perhaps for the raiders, perhaps you, um, you enlist the help of the raiderettes mm-hmm. and find like the, you know, the toughest, meanest raiderette and give her a dagger and have her be on the field. And that would lure one, one, um, you know, one dragon, and that's, and I'm going to get into another, another scouting part of one of the strategy of the Raiders coaching staff is that, you know, I'm thinking that, and it's tied to this, but that with the Blue Devils and their machine gun, their machine guns and all that, there had to be some scales that were, you know, that, that, that they didn't do it, you know, they didn't kill any dragons, but they knocked some scales off. And one way to kill a dragon is, where the scale has been removed, that, that area underneath the scale is, is vulnerable. So you, 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 you put the raiderette across from a dragon that has lost some scales, and she knows exactly where those scales have been removed. And when it comes to accepted sacrifice, she sticks the dagger right into one of the scales. So that, that's part of one of the strategies is that I'm thinking that some of the some of the dragons have lost scales, and your coaching staff, the Raiders coaching staff, would know exactly which ones those dragons were and exactly where the scale had been removed. Well, the Raiderettes are at all home. No, I think they're at all. Oh man, I'm gonna have to edit this out too. I gotta choose my words carefully. I'm on very thin ice with the Raiderettes. Let me rephrase. Well. I think the Raiderettes are always there for 
the Raiders to cheer them on and to help them help them and encourage them. So they're going to be there. And I have no doubt that probably all of them are brave enough to do it. And maybe a couple of mean enough. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 tough tough for sure. Tough for sure. So yeah, I like that. Why not? They're going to be there anyways. And, uh, if that's a strategy, they can get involved. Well, the Raiderettes are such a huge part of the Raiders. Uh, in general. In fact, I can think of like the first Austrian bowl I went to, I was having a discussion with some Ranger players, mm-hmm. some moodling Ranger players. And, and all of a sudden they quit talking to me and they actually told me to shut up and, and wait a second before we continue our conversation because the Raider S were coming on the field and they I mean, had to stop. They couldn't even, they couldn't even have a conversation. So I started thinking that there's probably a lot of distraction that goes on because of the beauty and the grace of the Raiderettes. No, I think that's a great idea. Okay. Okay. Um, the next was getting back to St. George. We talked about him in the past that mm-hmm. he actually uh, removed. It was a princess. Once again, uh, the princess was, was being sacrificed. Uh, St. George wrote along, said, okay, what's going on here? And she said, you need to go on. I'm being sacrificed to the dragon and being a good, the good knight he was, he said, no, I'm not going anywhere. But he actually removed her girdle and put it on the dragon and it calmed the dragon down to a point where he could control the dragon. But girdles, I don't know where we go with that because I don't know if anybody even wears girdles anymore. But. I think we should stay far, far away from it. I think we okay, should Okay, we'll stay far and say no girdle. <laughs> I think no we girdle. should move on. Um, we also, we already talked about the missing scale and uh-huh. even getting into the Lord of the Rings and, 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 that, and the dragon, you know, a smog, smog, I think is mm-hmm. how you pronounce that dragon with the large dragon in Lord of the Rings. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's how they took him out because he had a, a scale that was mm-hmm. missing and where that scale was missing. But we already talked about that. Yep. So we're going to, are you okay with assuming that in the battle with the Blue Devils, there were some scales that were, I have, that were I have, dislodged? I have no doubt that there was either scales that were dislodged or damage with automatic Dam- weapons. Okay. Okay, and and, they, and, and, they, I, and, they, and if they were to happen, the Raiders coaching staff would have been able to identify that in film. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the next one we've already seen be deployed by the Raiders last season, okay. and it was very effective. And it was the macabre Sean Shelton dance. Um, it, you know, he utilized it in uh, you utilized it uh, prayer to the Dragons semifinal game, but I think it was a really uh, a major factor in that victory for the Raiders is that, uh, that, that dance that you do, that, that very strange macabre dance that you do after you score where you just kind of, you know, uh, kind of shimmy back and forth with your arms and your hips, uh, you know, that ties to a Indian legend where the Indian God did that and then ended up uh, mesmerizing a river dragon and then stomping on as many heads, which I think you read that story. I did. Uh, in the game, the first game with the, with the dragon. So you already have that in your arsenal. Correct. And I think you, you would be able to effectively train the 11 Raiders to, uh, to do that dance. Okay. Yep. No, I agree. So I got that. Okay. So they got the dance. Okay. Um, number eight was Medusa's head. No, nope. and you didn't let you didn't let the the Vikings have Medusa's head, but you know Perseus, uh, Greek hero, used Medusa's head to uh, take out a, a a a dragon and save Andromeda. Uh, very famous story. So that's out. 
then there was a weird story about uh, another Indian story about uh, uh, that a Indian God had a truce with a dragon and said he could not um, defeat, he could not use, uh, you know, fire or something wet or something dry or something metal to kill the dragon. And then they determined sea foam didn't meet any of that. So the, the Indian God Vishnu, the head Indian God, uh, turned himself into sea foam and, and the God used, you know, but that's probably not going to fly. I don't think no. you have any Vishnu. So I'm probably not going to help the Raiders and there's no, no there's no sea anywhere close. Right. Nope. So that's, nope. that's out. Um, and then the last one, which is interesting, and you're going to have to make a call here. This comes from, you know, really a neighboring country or close country, Poland. Right. And there was a Polish hero uh, by the name of Crocus. And he was very wise. Once again, you know, being clever, outsmarting a dragon. And they had a dragon that terrorized, uh, you know, this village and town and countryside. And uh, uh, they had to take they didn't take young women to sacrifice, but they took animals. So what he took is a bunch of sheep and he put this code, different coating of herbs and all that, you know, to make to make the dragon really, really thirsty after he ate the sheep. So he ate your poor sheep here. He ate the sheep, but then he was just dying of thirst. So he went down the river and he drank so much water, the dragon did, that he exploded because he took in so much water to quench the thief's sheep, uh, to quench the thirst that he had from kind of the exploding sheep. So gotcha. uh, just recall here by the commissioner, do the Raiders get exploding sheep? Uh, I don't believe the Raiders get exploding sheep. No, and and there's and we're in a dome. There's no there's river no, close by. There's, there's no water either. source for them. So that doesn't work. So okay. So it's just not. So applicable. you're gonna get. Let's so recap. You're gonna give them. You're gonna let them eat where their medals. They already got them. They they're they're gonna be wearing medals. They're trained dancers. They and get Lisa's a cakes and they get poison. Cookies. Poison cakes and they get a raiderette with a dagger. Correct. And there's going and to be missing scales. And they've identified damage scales from the automatic weapons from the Okay. Humans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so not bad. They got they have they have a few things to play with. They have a few things. They have a few things. So battle time, game day. You have eleven raiders, eleven dragons. Your stereotypical dragons breathe fire from about twelve to fifteen yards away. That's the only thing. We're in a dome. Uh, they're pretty tightly compacted, so flying might not be the biggest strength. Probably won't need it. Uh, drag, uh, raiders have one-shot uh, rifle, one-shot pistol, uh, poison cakes, one raiderette. The dragons have missing scales. And, uh, yeah, medals and dancing is what the raiders have. So th- did I miss anything? I think that's the... No, no, I think that you sides. Okay, so they're in the arena. They're on the 35-yard lines. Whistle blows. How are the Raiders gonna in, uh, use these new um, resources that they have to their advantage? Okay, I think first, once again, like the Giants uh, Vikings game, the the lineup is very important. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the coach Kevin and coach Kyle and the Raiders coaches, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, have their team lag behind their 11 and let the dragons line up first. Okay. And then they know exactly which ones uh, are in the scales and how many scales. Uh, so I think they line up first. And then once they do that, you really got 10 Raiders and one Raiderette is your 11, right? In this particular cool. scenario. So I think that uh, 
you're going to line the Raiderette, uh, the tough little Raiderette up across from the, the dragon that has the most missing scales. And she knows exactly where those scales are missing. And mm-hmm. she's got a dagger behind her back. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I think that the, the, um, the uh, Raiders need to kind of create a diversion. Um, and I think that, you know, when the, when the team comes on, comes on, on the field, there's generally fireworks and, 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 even, and even a cannon going off, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they need to do that while, like, while I was lining up. And that gives them the chance to put out the poison cakes. Okay. So I think while there's a diversion going on, you'll have somebody, not, not big cakes, but they run across the 50-yard line. You know, maybe one of the little kids with a Raiderette flag is they're running across there, but they're dropping poison cakes as they go across the field. Okay. I mean, the, the, the Raiders are going to cheat, right? They, I mean, you, got, you, can, you can never forget, and I think I've heard someone say this in an interview, that at, at the end of the day, the Raiders are the bad boys of Europe. Mm-hmm. So a little cheating going on here, right? So we so like let's to call say, it, the, let's like say to call all that going ending. on before the game. If you've ever seen a, a Raiders you know, game, there's a lot of stuff going on. While that's going on, they incorporate a couple little Raiders to run across the field with flags and drop poison cakes. Okay. 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 So, so that's on like, let's say that's on the 50-yard line. So we have poison cakes on the 50-yard line, a Raiderette across from an identified weakness dragon, right. uh, missing scale dragon. And um, how are they gonna? How are they gonna use the gold medals? So they have. They're all wearing. They're all wearing medals, and they're taught how to dance. Okay. So everything's everything's in place. Okay, but I think the other thing is that you know you, the other the other dragons that are missing scales. You have um, the raiders that are the best shots with their muskets. Yep. Are lined up across them. Okay. And I think to me, I think that the medals are down inside their jerseys. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Or down inside their shirts. They're yeah, not yeah. out. They're, they're, they're going to pop those out. Okay. So I gotcha. think it's very, the whole start of it is very, a lot of strategy. Seems so. Seems so. So everything. You got, you got, you got the poison cakes. You got the Raider Red lined up. You got the, you know, you've got the, the best shots lined up against, you know, the, the dragons and, uh, and the, the metals, the shiny metals, uh, you know, are going to be a surprise. They, they don't, okay. they don't see those prior to kickoff. And they all been trained at the dance. Okay. And they all been pra- trained to do the macabre Chanjong dance. Gotcha. So whistle okay. blows. Whistle blows. What happens? And I think a lot like the last game, the the dragons aligning eleven across the field. They're like shoulder to shoulder. They're so mm-hmm. big, right? They and they're not going to get a chance to fly. So they're just. They're just kind of charging forward, and they, they charge forward. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the Raiders are, have their muskets out, okay, because they want to get a shot off. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I envision is the dragons charge till they hit the cakes, right? And they, and they stop, and, and, and then they, they start eating the cakes. And as they're eating the cakes – that gives the Raiders a chance because now they're only like 15 yards away, right? That gives a, sh- a chance for the Raiders to get a musket shot off. So all of them, all of them fire their muskets. So there's 10 musket shots that go off and they're shooting, they're aiming while the dragons are stopped eating the cake. Mm-hmm. They're aiming for those exposed uh, scales areas. Okay. Gotcha. And so now we got to decide our, 
you know, uh, I don't think the poison takes effect immediately, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it maybe doesn't even, it's not even enough to kill them, but maybe just make them sick. Yeah, I think, but I, think, I, think I think we have making to determine, does any, of those, does any of those musket shots hit, hit their mark uh, uh, with enough force underneath the exposed scale to actually take out a dragon? I think at 15, well, first of all, at 15 yards, those muskets were extremely inaccurate. Uh, right. They were not rifled. The, the, the barrels were not rifled. No, it's a musket not, ball. It's a ball going through the air. So the odds are if there was 10 shots, with, even with ex- extremely skilled musket, musketeers or, or ex- skilled people who shoot muskets, yeah, musketeers, but, um, how, what, out of the 10, what percentage do you think actually hits its mark prior to even talking about the damage? I, I mean, I, I was thinking maybe one. Yeah, one gets lucky. I was thinking two one gets lucky and, exactly. and, and, and hits and, 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 and the basketball uh, rings true and, and penetrates underneath that uh, scale and, and really, you know, is a, a deadly blow or debilitating okay. blow to a dragon. So I think okay. to me in that initial foray, one dragon's taken out. Okay. And what, what, what's happening with the Raiderette during this time? She's waiting. She's waiting. Okay. She's waiting because they're eating the cakes. So that's okay. like phase one of it. So I think once they're done eating the cakes, now they can, they're coming again, right? So, but and at that point, they're a bit that's groggy, think, right? Or they have stomach. They're groggy because they got poisoned. Yeah. But they're coming. And at okay. that point, the Raiders pull the, the shiny medals out. You know, here's, okay. you know, here's Austrian Bowl last year. Here's Austrian Bowl year before that. Here's, here's a CFL Bowl. They all come out. Okay. Right. All the all the all the metals come out, and then so the dragons are, are already a little groggy with the poison, and now they're getting kind of disoriented with the shiny metals. And and it, and it and at that point, the raiderette starts moving towards the the dragon, her dragon that she's you know um, really been charged with taking out that has the, the most scales removed. That's mm-hmm. already now he's groggy and he's disoriented. But he sees her approaching, and he's like, "Oh, okay, you know, she's my, she's the sacrifice, no big deal." Right. So I think she just approaches, and he goes, "Hey, you know, you know, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're my sacrifice." And at that point, she pulls the dagger out and and, and goes and, and, and strikes a blow right into one into the area and takes out that dragon. Okay. I think the raiderette takes the dragon out, but as soon as she does that. She immediately sprints off the field. She's done. She She's took done. out. Okay. She did her job, and there's nothing. She has nothing. She has no more weapons, right? She's used right. her dragon. So I think dragon number two is taken out by the raiderette, as he's groggy, you know, from the poison, and he's disoriented with the shiny metals. Okay. So now, now you have ten raiders uh, against nine dragons. Right. They are. They have implemented their metals. So the dragons are uh, disoriented from the metals and not feeling well from the, from the cakes. Now what happens? I think they're getting, the, the bad thing is they're getting close enough to, to maybe use firepower now, exactly. right? Because they, they've moved in, you know, now they're like 10 yards out because they've moved past the poison cakes. Uh, you know, they're getting over being disoriented, um, you know, with uh, the medals. And I think that's where, you know, uh, the Raiders coaching staff sends in the signal 
to start the dance. Okay. And that's probably led by, I think, number 12 has got to be on the field. Okay. And he's leading, he's leading the dance. So, you know, they just kind of got over the disorientation of the shiny medals, but now they're seeing the macabre Sean Shelton dance and, they, and they're really, they're disoriented again. Okay. So, all Before the strat- they could launch the firepower. Exactly. All the strategy is working thus far. You had the poison cakes were a success. The Raiderette was a success. The gold medals were a success. And now the, the one dance, musket ball was a success. The one musket ball was a success. And now the dance is also being successful. But they're like a, mesmerized. They're like mesmerized. Right. Because they've never seen a dance so bizarre as this dance that you're in zone dance uh yeah probably mesmerized probably probably accurate but at a certain point the raiders are going to start having to put in lethal blows at a higher rate so it seems like the raiders are out of their bag of tricks well you know not not quite yet because if you remember if you remember what came after the mesmerizing macabre dance they jumped on the was head. that the indian god and in last year's afl championship uh number 12 basically started dancing on the dragon's heads right okay. and so i think i give i give number 12 um i give him that he takes out another dragon i don't know that just you know i mean because he's had years and years of practice to perfect that that dance and the other raiders have been training for two weeks on the dance. But I think number 12 dances on top of a raider, of a, excuse me, a dragon's head and he takes another dragon out. So dragon number three is taken out. Um, the other, the other raiders, um, you know, are, are dancing the dance and it's having the impact of just, you know, what the hell's going on and the, and the dragons are disoriented, but they don't, they're not expert enough to jump up on dance on top of a dragon's head uh, I think probably some cocky raiders attempted and and get taken out. Probably. Okay. I mean, you got some, you got you know you, and I'm not going to name any names here, but I think there's probably some raiders that would go, okay, if Sean can do that, I can do that, and they would jump up. And I think this is where you lose you lose your first raiders. Yeah. Because they well, attempt and- to follow the lead of number twelve, and I'd say two raiders jump up, and 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 you know, and they're not the dragons are not totally hypnotized and they just consume the Raiders too. So I think two Raiders go down. Uh, I would venture to say if, if number 12 could do it, they can probably do it as well, but maybe not just as much time put into it. I so, don't know that they had, yeah, they haven't the practice in years and years and years <laughs> of, uh, of perfecting. That okay. Dance. Okay. So now we're looking at eight on eight then. So one Raider at left, Two Raiders are down. Right. Eight on eight. The Dragons eight on are eight. well, but we're about 10 yards away. Yeah. And uh, what, what else can the Raiders do in their bag of trip, tricks to be able to compete with these giant, fire-breathing, fearsome animals? Well, I think at this point they pull out their, um, their blunderbuss, their, yep. their pistols, mm-hmm. and they get another shot off, right? Mm-hmm. And those once again like – the muskets, they get one shot. Exactly. So I think I think you get another, you get eight more eight more mus- you know, musket balls coming from the the blunderbuss pistols, mm-hmm. and 
And I'm going to say another dragon gets taken out. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Because you, you know, a lot of the dragons are, are missing scales. Exactly. So I think now you're, now you're down. They take another dragon out with their, with their, you know, with their, their foray of the, the musket balls from their pistols. And now you're down to, what, seven dragons and eight raiders. Um, and now the, the raiders pull out their cutlasses. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the, the, the dragons are still closing. So now they've moved, they've moved past 10 yards away. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, the Raiders, being offensive-minded like they are, are going to charge because that's yep. just what they do. So they're going to pull yep. their cutlasses out. They're going to start screaming. And they're going to charge the dragons. And then now they're, now they're getting within like five yards of each other. And I think that's where the dragons have shaken off the poison, have, have not disoriented by the metals anymore, the macabre dances wore off, and I think they they unleash the fire, the firepower, and the fire breath. Yeah, and I think at that point the eight raiders are burned to a crisp, and the game's over. Yeah, I don't think they get a chance to even use their cutlasses, and even if they did get close to use a cutlass, a cutlass against the dragon is not really gonna gonna do it. So I think at the end of the day, I think the raiders put up a valiant effort, and the raiderette. And they took out three dragons, which is pretty amazing. Yep. And they and they did some damage. You know, these, took out, these dragons. Took out, these dragons took out four dragons. Took yeah, out four dragons. Know, yeah, four dragons. Four dragons were taken out. There's only seven dragons left. I think the dragons know they were in a fight. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be limping their, their their wombs all the way back to the Danube. Mm-hmm. And and they know they were in a fight, and and they're sick, and you know, and have never been in a battle like this before. But at, at the end of the day, I think, you know, when they got close enough and, and they had their minds right to at least that fire breath and, and, and the Raiders were down to just cutlasses, I think it was over at that point. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think that is a very, very accurate interpretation of how this event uh, would take place. At just a certain point, um, the tricks ran out and the dragons were just superior superior in combat and and it's it's not all that different to the to the giants vikings you have humans taking on mythological creatures yeah and 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 at a certain point you just you run out of you run out of strategy even bad boy humans that cheat are going to run out of run out of exactly right they and they had they had a pretty you know a pretty um extensive bag of tricks going into this. I mean, one thing they could have done is they could have thrown a direct out there. Maybe they were, uh, but, um, you know, the one did her job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe more Raiderites would have done the trick, but you know, the one did her job valiantly and, uh, at a certain point we're just outmatched, but this does make it a very, very interesting final matchup against the giants who have been very, very formidable, formidable in their in their quarterfinal and semifinal matchups. Same as the Dragons. I think Dragons go in as a favorite, mm-hmm. but the what Giants, but the Giants are have been have been, have been imp- impressive thus far. Um, so I look forward to uh, hearing what you have to say about that. I look forward to the research. Uh, I look forward to that conversation, and I think. What I'm planning, and I haven't told you this yet, Dad, I'm thinking about doing the final live, live stream it so people can join in 
and no, that would be good. You get some other 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 comments. Right. So while we're building the context of the finals, we could be getting uh, input from others and considering that before we uh, hypothesize what that battle might look like. Yeah, because I mean, this is for all the marbles, and I mean, it's, and I know that and it's a lot of very, here. very. There's a lot at stake here, and award. There's a lot of pride on the line I, you know, between these two great organizations. So I, I think that um, uh, there's probably a lot of giants and and dragon players that are you know just on the edge of their seats to try to determine how this is going to go. I mean, Absolutely. you've even had some comments from from uh, maybe Absolutely. not giants, you know, but, but some Vikings that, you know, were trying to uh, persuade you how the Vikings could, could take out the, the giants. So Absolutely. We've had a lot of, line of here. I mean, this is, this is Shout very, out very important. Very important. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe doing it as live is the best. I'll make more announcements about that later in the week. We'll plan it out. I don't know if it would be Instagram live or Facebook live or, or uh, YouTube live or whatever the case may be. But I think that would be funny. And uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it a lot. Father, thank you very much for your, for your expertise as always. It was, it was enjoyable, Sean. Um, I think that was a really good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Pops, thanks again. I look forward to the finals. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> have a good day. You too, Sean. It was uh, fun. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast, He Has a Bird, with Sean Shelton. Sean is the best. He's a superstar.